A planet in crisis, people are afraid, and in the midst of it all, God calls to us saying, Fear not, I am with you. Hi, I'm Reverend Darcy, the minister of All Souls Universalist Church, and on this third Sunday of Lent, I'll be talking about the COVID-19 pandemic, Christ's response, and our next steps in this wilderness together. If you'd like to join the service, download the All Souls Universalist Church Book of Common Prayer at allsoulsuniversalist.org forward slash prayer book. The service begins on page six. Are you longing for love and acceptance? We are All Souls Universalist Church, a network of home-based worshiping communities proclaiming Jesus' gospel of universal love and reconciliation for all souls. You are a beloved child of God. No matter who you are, what you look like, who you love, what you believe, where you are from, or how you identify or express yourself. Join us as we journey together following the light of Christ. God says, Seek me while I may still be found. Call upon me while I am near. Let the corrupt abandon their ways, the evil their thoughts. Let them return to the Almighty, and I will have mercy on them. Return to God, for I will freely pardon. Isaiah 55, 6-7 Our God be with you. Our God bless you. Come, O light of the world, and fill this place and your people with your spirit of love and compassion. Drive away all of the darkness of fear and doubt in our lives and replace it with courage and faith. May we become a reflection of your compassion and love in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Open our lips, O God and our mouths will declare your praise. To the ruler of ages, the immortal, the invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Acclaim Yahweh with joy all the earth. Serve Yahweh with gladness. Enter into God's presence with a joyful song. Know that Yahweh is God. Yahweh made us and we belong to the Creator. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and the courts with praise. Give thanks to God. Bless God's name. For Yahweh is good. God's steadfast love endures forever and God's faithfulness to all generations. Glory to God, creator, only begotten and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Let us profess our common faith in our God. We believe in one God of love, light, and life, creator of all things, 
whose only begotten, Christ Jesus, has liberated all people from sin and death, making us all one family of equal members, commanded to love and serve one another. This God demands justice from all people, but shows mercy in equal measure, restoring all souls to God after sanctification in this life or the next. This God is revealed to the whole world by the Holy Spirit and is bound to us and to all creation by the mysteries of faith. To this one God, Creator, Only Begotten, and Holy Spirit, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Today's psalm is Psalm 95, which can be found on page 7 in the Book of Common Prayer. Let's say it together. Come, let us sing joyfully to God. Raise a shout to our rock, our deliverance. Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving and sing our praises with joy. For Yahweh is a great God, the great ruler above all gods. O God, in your hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks are yours. Yours is the sea, for you made it, the dry land as well, for your hands formed it. Glory to God, Creator, only begotten and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A Lesson from the Epistle to the Romans Now since we have been made right in God's sight by our faith, we are at peace with God through our Savior Jesus Christ. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us to the grace in which we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to the day on which we will become all that God has intended. But not only that, we even rejoice in our afflictions. We know that affliction produces perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and character hope. And such a hope does not disappoint, because of the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. At the appointed time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for us godless people. It is not easy to die even for a good person, though of course for someone really worthy there might be someone prepared to die. But the proof of God's love is that Christ died for us even while we were sinners. Now that we have been justified by Christ's blood, it is all the more certain that we will be saved by Christ from God's wrath. For if we are reconciled to God by Christ's death while we were God's enemies, how much more certain that we who have been reconciled will be saved by Christ's life. Not only that, we go so far as to make God our boast through our Savior Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Here ends the lesson. Join me in saying the Song of Simeon on page 12 in the Book of Common Prayer. God, you have liberated your people and given us the promise of peace, because we have seen the Savior you've revealed to the whole world, the light of the world who dispels all darkness and illuminates your faithfulness to us. Glory to God, Creator, only begotten and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
A lesson from the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. He stopped at Sychar, a town in Samaria near the tract of land Jacob had given to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. Jesus, weary from the journey, came and sat by the well. It was around noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The disciples had gone off to the town to buy provisions. The Samaritan woman replied, You're a Jew. How can you ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink, since Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans? Jesus answered, If you recognize God's gift and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him for a drink instead, and he would have given you living water. If you please, she challenged Jesus, you don't have a bucket, and this well is deep. Where do you expect to get this living water? Surely you don't pretend to be greater than our ancestors Leah and Rachel and Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it with their descendants and flocks. Jesus replied, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty. No, the water I give will become fountains within them, springing up to provide eternal life. The woman said to Jesus, Give me this water so that I won't grow thirsty and have to keep coming all the way here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and then come back here. I don't have a husband, replied the woman. You're right, you don't have a husband, Jesus exclaimed. The fact is, you've had five, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. So what you've said is quite true. I can see you're a prophet, answered the woman. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but your people claim that Jerusalem is the place where God ought to be worshipped. Jesus told her, Believe me, the hour is coming when you'll worship our God neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you don't understand. We worship what we do understand. After all, salvation is from the Jewish people. Yet the hour is coming and is already here when real worshipers will worship our God in spirit and in truth. Indeed, it is just such worshipers whom our God seeks. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus said to, woman said to Jesus, I know that the Messiah, the Anointed One, is coming and will tell us everything. Jesus replied, I who speak to you am the Messiah. The disciples returning at this point were shocked to find Jesus having a private conversation with a woman, but no one dared to ask, what do you want of him, or why are you talking to her? The woman then left her water jar and went into the town. She said to the people, come and see someone who told me everything I have ever done. Could this be the Messiah? At that, everyone set out from the town to meet Jesus. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus told them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. At this, the disciples said to one another, Do you think someone has brought him something to eat? Jesus explained to them, Doing the will of the one who sent me and bringing this work to completion is my food. Don't you have a saying, Four months more and it will be harvest time? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe and ready for harvest. Reapers are already collecting their wages. They're gathering fruit for eternal life. And sower and reaper will rejoice together. So the saying is true. One person sows, another reaps. I have sent you to reap what you haven't worked for. Others have done the work, and you've come upon the fruits of their labor.
Many Samaritans came from the town and believed in Jesus on the strength of the woman's testimony that he told me everything I ever did. The result was that when these Samaritans had came to Jesus, they begged him to stay with them a while. So Jesus stayed there two days, and through his own spoken word, many more came to faith. They told the woman, no longer does our faith depend on your story. We've heard for ourselves, and we know that this is really the Savior of the world. Here ends the lesson. Listen to the Most High, children of God. Happy are they when they keep God's ways. Loving God, in spite of our faithlessness, you are faithful to us, and you take care of us. Fill us with your living water, that strengthened by it we may turn from our doubts and proclaim your goodness to the whole world, through Christ our Savior. Amen. Our God be with you. Our God bless you. Let us pray. God in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your reign come. Give us today tomorrow's bread. Forgive us our sins, for we too forgive everyone who sins against us. And don't let us be subjected to the test. Almighty God, we pray for our family throughout the world that you will bind us together by your Holy Spirit so that we may live in unity and love so that those who do not yet believe may know that we are your disciples. God, hear our prayer. Be with this congregation that we may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, loving and serving our community, and faithfully proclaiming the gospel of by loving and accepting all of your children. God, hear our prayer. Be with those who hold civil authority on the earth, that they may do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before you, so that the people of all nations may dwell in safety, and that the peace which only you can give may reign throughout the earth. God, Hear our prayer. Be with your creation, O God, that we may be faithful stewards of this planet, taking good care of all that you have entrusted to us, so that we may glorify you in the plants and the animals and the heights and the depths that you have made. God, hear our prayer. Remember, compassionate God, those who cry out to you. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who mourn. Dwell with those who are alone. And welcome those who have died, so that all may be assured of your ever-present love and compassion for all of your children. God, hear our prayer. Beloved, I would like to invite you to voice your own concerns now, either silently or aloud.
God, I ask for your intervention during this COVID-19 pandemic. I pray that you'll be with our family here and across the world, that you'll love them, comfort them, strengthen them, and heal them. I pray for our president, that you will give him wisdom and humility in dealing with this crisis, that he will listen to his advisors, and that he will restore confidence to the, to the people of this country so that they don't panic. I pray for all of our communities and for the pain that they're going through, the anxiety they're experiencing. And I pray for those who are alone, who are going to experience more social isolation as the result of this, result of the pandemic. God of grace, who has given us this new day, give us strength throughout our busy day so that we may resist the powers of darkness and sincerely proclaim your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Guard us, O God, from the craftiness of the devil. Expose the lies that turn people against one another and lead them from your way of love. Embolden us to make no peace with oppression and to fight for justice for all people. And when evil seeks to overcome us, strengthen us to overcome that evil with good. In the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Gracious God, we thank you for all that you've done for us and for all that you are going to do for us. We thank you for our salvation in Jesus Christ and for your daily presence in our lives through the Holy Spirit. Reveal your love and faithfulness to us this day so that we may reflect your light to the world in faithful witness of your love and acceptance of your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of God, the Creator, the Only Begotten, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be not afraid. That seems a really simplistic and naive thing to say in the face of this pandemic that is shutting down society in a way that many of us have never experienced before. All major sports have shut down for the season. Universities are canceling classes. Public schools are closed. And in some states, public gatherings larger than 200 people are prohibited. The Church Universal hasn't been immune to the developing international public health crisis. Here in Alabama, our Episcopal family has suspended all parish activities, including public worship, for 21 days. Our Roman Catholic family has stopped services altogether in some places, and in others are advising people to use their best judgment in coming to Mass. Many Jewish communities are not observing services, and many Muslims are navigating how to pray together in light of the danger of COVID-19's fast spread. It's an unfettered ecumenical and interfaith chaos, and the fact that the world's three largest religions are headed full speed into their respective high holy days doesn't help things very much. Many communities are looking at how they can observe prayer and worship remotely, connecting their congregation to one another using the power of technology. 
And here at All Souls Universalist Church, our little network of home-based communities are finally on the cutting edge, ironically, because we've been worshiping together online since day one. So for me, seeing the impending crisis and knowing its implications for public worship, my concern wasn't how we are going to navigate the services. My concern has always been how we are how are we as a church going to survive this critical growth period without the ability to reach out and touch one another? How can we live out an inclusive gospel, a message that hinges upon social connectedness, if social distance is the best form of prevention during these hard times? In the Gospel of Mark, a narrative we've committed to studying together during this wilderness time, There is a story of a person with leprosy who leaves his forced social distancing to find Jesus. Because leprosy at the time was highly contagious and had no treatment, the person couldn't be part of society. They had to live in isolation from everyone else, and there was an understandable prejudice about people with leprosy. So it was a really big deal for this person to enter society. Not only could he have been stoned, he could have also faced rejection from the person who he had placed all of his hope and faith in curing him. This anxiety is seen in his interaction with Jesus. He says, teacher, if you're willing, you can heal me. The gospel tells us that Jesus looked at him with compassion and said, I am willing, and reaches out and touches him. The simple act of faith healed him. Fast forward to the 19th century in the, on the Hawaiian island of Molokai. Father Damien was a Belgian priest and missionary who had been assigned to um, work on the island of Molokai. And he took this example of Jesus to heart. At a time when leprosy was still untreatable and highly contagious, Father Damien sacrificed himself so that the people of the quarantine settlement on Kalupapa Peninsula could not only hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they could experience the love of Christ as he reached out and touched them through Father Damien. This man, with no fear for his own health, tended to the medical as well as the spiritual needs of those poor souls. He fed them from his own hands, dressed their ulcers, built their coffins, and dug their graves. And he met his own untimely death at the age of 49 at the hands of leprosy. Now, I'm not advocating right now that you all go out intentionally contract COVID-19, even though it has far less, it's far less a serious illness than, than is leprosy. But what I think Father Damien did was, a, was admirable. But I also am not sure that I have the faith to do what he did. At least not yet. To be able to say to his new congregation, his new family, that he was and I quote, one who will be a father to you, and who loves you so much that he does not hesitate to become one of you, to live and die with you. Because making such a statement genuinely requires the same faith it took the person with leprosy to approach Jesus and ask him to heal him, the same faith it took to carry a cross to Golgotha and die a horrifying and unjust death. Yet having such a faith, in the words of Jesus, can move mountains. Prior to Father Damien's arrival in the settlement, it was a lawless and oppressive community. But during his time there, it transformed into a community that, despite being a place of forced quarantine and certain death, 
was like pretty much any other civil, safe, and happy community. He never stopped doing the work God had given him to do during his 16 years on Molokai, working there and working on all the things that had to be done until the end of his short life. Imagine what we could all do with only half of his faith and conviction that suffering in this life is a small price to pay in comparison with the fulfillment of our final restoration and harmony with God. In the face of this pandemic, God is calling us to be like Father Damien, to so fully embody what it means to live as Christ lived and walk as Christ walked as to give up your own life for another person. As Paul tells us in our epistle today, it's not easy to die even for a good person. But the proof of God's love is that Christ died for us even while we were still sinners. Listen carefully to that to the meaning here. Christ died for us even while we were still sinners. The people of the Malachi settlement had done nothing to deserve Father Damien's love and sacrifice for them, a sacrifice he made merely by joining their community. Yet even while they were still unknown to him, he loved them unto the point of his own death. This selfless love is a mirror image of God's love for us, that while we were still powerless, the epistle tells us, Christ died for us people who were actively running from the love of God. People who didn't deserve God's notice got God's all, with no reservations. A few weeks ago, I told you that in this wilderness, if we surrender ourselves to her, the Holy Spirit can change us. And this COVID-19 crisis is certainly the wilderness of wildernesses. It's a Lent unlike any Lent any of us could ever imagine. We will have to deny ourselves, cancel trips, give up treats we like, and some of us are going to have to save money in case this drags on and we can't work. And we will be in isolation whether we like it or not. Yet already I can see the Holy Spirit calling us to something greater than we can imagine. We have the chance to reach out and touch our world, to actively live out our values and convictions as disciples of Jesus Christ. Knowing Americans like I do, I know that there will, be, there will continue to be racist discourses about this virus online. In fact, I've already heard about some individuals in our local community spreading propaganda and misinformation about the virus in order to influence the election. I exhort you to spend some time learning about the virus from reputable sources like the World Health Organization and the Center for Disease Control so that you can confront racism and untruths and make no peace with oppression. Even reporting such comments and false news on Facebook is a major contribution. Most importantly, be ready to be the hands and feet of Christ when the opportunity presents itself. I'm not telling you to go out and look for opportunities, but what I am telling you is that if you listen to the Holy Spirit, she will take you where you are meant to go. And if you feel compassion tugging at your heart, recognize it for what it is, the Spirit of Christ longing to work through you. Don't be afraid to live your faith. When I say, don't be afraid, I'm not being trite or naive. I'm quoting our God, who in the midst of crisis said to the people of Israel, Fear not, for I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. 
I am convinced that Father Damien would have been powerless to do what he did had he not firmly held to the truth contained in these words from the prophet Isaiah. Indeed, the Apostle Paul promises us in Second Timothy that God equips us for whatever work we have been given to do. So in the midst of the powerlessness you feel right now, in this moment of crisis, know that God is with you. Fear not, because God will strengthen you and help you to face whatever you must face because of this pandemic. And this church is here to stand with you, to be Christ's hands and feet in the work of equipping you and strengthening you and supporting your spiritual needs through this crisis. We will not be closing, though we will be observing some reasonable precautions. Our two Sunday services will continue online, morning light on our anchor-based podcast and and evening prayer in the online chapel. And today, we are releasing online the first volume of our prayer book in an emergency edition so that every member of this church and their capacity as priests of Jesus Christ can observe the prayer services whenever and wherever they are called upon by the Holy Spirit to do so. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus tells the Samaritan woman that the worship God desires is not worship in the right temple or worship with the right liturgy or worship with the most vibrant worship songs. What what God desires is that we worship in spirit and in truth. I often joke that those members of our church who join us online worship with us in spirit and in truth. And today I'm kind of eating my words because this is precisely what the gospel is telling us God wants. God doesn't care how or where we worship. What God desires is that we worship because of a genuine bond of unity and love and desire to love and serve God and one another. This bond transcends the physical and is entirely on a spiritual level. It is through the spiritual experience of unity and love and desire that we are joined with God and one another and the the world that God intends becomes a reality. This wilderness time together is going to be a test of our spirit and truth worship. Not just our ability to offer services online, but our commitment to being the people of God and the community of Christ. And our ability to weather this time together has important implications. The church community is a vital part of many people's lives, particularly in times of crisis. And we are ready to serve the people of God who are looking at us with pleading eyes and saying, If you are willing, my spirit will be healed. And we at All Souls Universalist Church are willing, not only to be with you online, but to reach out and touch you and to welcome you into the love and safety of God's family, wherever you are and whatever you're going through. But our willingness and ability to accomplish this lofty goal will not be because of our own strength or moxie. We will only be able to do this good work if we surrender ourselves to Christ and allow his Holy Spirit our comforter and helper, to do the work through us. Knowing each of you like I do, I know that we are ready to take the sleep of faith together. Let us pray. Almighty God, you are with us now and always, and will hold us forever in the palm of your hand. We are scared. Comfort us by your love. We aren't sure where to go next. Guide us by your light. We are weary. Give us your life. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, 
so that we may become instruments of your love and compassion in this world and join with Christ in reaching out and touching the untouchable. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you've promised to be present where two or more are gathered together in the name of Jesus, and that all we ask in his name will be answered. You have heard, and we trust you shall answer. Give us grace to accept the answer you give, and send us out into the world in peace, to love and serve you to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friends, may the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forever. Thanks be to God. Thank you.